This is the weekly podcast for Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 27th, 2009. Located in Middletown, Delaware, we are dedicated to connecting people to Jesus and the life that he offers. For more information about Connection Community Church and our ministries, please contact us at www.connectioncc.org. If you seek a relationship with Jesus or would like prayer, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. On behalf of the entire Connection family, we thank you for listening and pray that you are blessed by God's message. Merry Christmas! Yeah! We hope your shopping experience wasn't quite that exciting, but uh, gosh, I, I was over at the mall the other day. It wasn't quite like that, but boy, there was a lot of traffic. It was backed all the way, a third of the way around the mall on that outside road. It was, it was kind of crazy, you know, busyness of the season. That's an understatement, isn't it? Maybe things will calm down a little bit now, but isn't it ironic when you think about it, how crazy and out of control the Christmas season can get, and yet the reason for the season, Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. <laughs> That's what we're talking about this morning as we unwrap Christmas. We're going to unwrap this gift of peace. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for every day and how you've come into our lives the Word made flesh, and now open us up so that we might receive your Word to us today found in Scripture, and that we might leave changed and transformed by it. We pray this in your most holy and precious name, and all of Connection Church said, amen. Amen. Yeah, it's a busy, crazy time. Carrie's sister came and uh, joined us yesterday, and she said she left her house. She's up in New Jersey, and she hardly could get on the parkway and it was like a parking lot she was delayed a, a, a lot just because it was a solid bond you know it was just it was just crazy it was insane you know okay so how about the walmart parking lot there how's everybody doing <laughs> <laughs> okay 11 services in eight days lot. It's good to be with you this morning again. How about that wall? Yeah, thank you. My thumb is recovering. Everything's going fine. So, and I had a little accident Christmas Eve for those of you who weren't here, you know, like at 2.30 when we were supposed to have worship at 5.37 and 8.30. Interesting time. Anyway, let's talk about Walmart. When Walmart was built, I looked at that big, vast parking lot, and I thought, no way. No way do they need a parking lot that big. No way can this town support that. Well, guess what? I was in Walmart last week, like at 10 o'clock at night, at midnight, at all times of the day and night. That parking lot was... Absolutely. I mean, we almost needed a tram to get to the door. It was so full. Yep. Christmas has certainly gotten crazy. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. 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 But, you know, it's not just Christmas, is it? It's life in general. 
at least in this culture, in this country, it's crazy a lot of the time, too much to do, too little time. It's gotten even more crazy here in the last year or two, hasn't it, with uh, the whole economic situation, you know, people, uh, hours being cut, jobs being eliminated, and, and on top of that, this whole disease with the, I'll get this right this time, H1N1 disease, that's caused a bit of craziness, hasn't it? And we look at it, it's not, it's not, it isn't just our culture or our country, it's a worldwide thing with wars going on in several places around the globe, and, uh, and countries continuing to develop nuclear arsenals, and poverty running rampant in places like India, and the AIDS pandemic claiming more and more lives, and, and, and creating more and more orphans by the day over in Africa. You know, peace, peace, not just this Christmas craziness, but peace around the globe. Um, it it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, seems to be contrary, doesn't it, to nearly everything we read, hear about, and see going on in the world. And yet, and yet, peace is one of the promises of Christmas. We just sang about the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. And when we go back to the ancient prophecies, when we look at what God says through the prophet Isaiah, here's what we're told. There we go. Here we go. Let's say it together. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What are those three last words? Prince of Peace. Yeah, Prince of Peace. One of the names we use for Jesus, Prince of Peace. We sang about it earlier in the service, one of my favorite songs, by the way, Prince of Peace. It's one of the themes in in the church. There's a season of Advent, this four-week season leading up and preparing for Christmas. And uh, traditionally, the four themes of Advent (coughs) are the themes of hope and joy and love and peace. The question is, where is the peace when there's so much turmoil in the world, when there's so much turmoil in many of our lives. This idea of peace in the midst of turmoil is not a new thing. We find it in the scripture, for example, I'll bet the disciples um, had turmoil in their lives, and Jesus talked to them about that. In fact, it's in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. Here's what happens during that time. Jesus was with his disciples, and he was trying to prepare them because he was not going to be with them much longer. They didn't seem to fully understand what was going on. And so they had their last supper together. And after supper, Jesus took a towel, and he knelt down, and he washed the feet of his disciples teaching them that, that they are to serve and not be served after the model of Jesus. And he's trying to tell them that he's not going to be with them very much longer. 
He tells them in John 14 that he's going to prepare a place for them and that he will come back for them and that they will know and that they know the place where he is going. Well, you've got to love Thomas because Thomas said, you know, it tells them they don't know where he's going. So how can they know the way? And then Jesus says this. He says, <clears throat> he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And, and I'm, I'm sure that just made everything absolutely clear as mud for the disciples when he said that, <clears throat> since they were already kind of confused and, and weren't quite getting it. <clears throat> he then tells them that God the Father will send the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit will teach them all the things that they need to know and and remind them of everything that Jesus has said to them. And then right there in the midst of all this talk that I'm sure was pretty confusing for the disciples because they weren't quite getting it. They they weren't quite understanding that he wasn't going to be around with them much longer. Um, Right there in the middle of all this, he says this, in in the middle of all this kind of chaos in their lives, he says, peace, (laughs) I leave with you. Sure, they're going, yeah, right. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives you. Excuse me, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, this isn't the first time that that Jesus has talked about peace. When we look in the seventh chapter of Luke, we find this well-known story of this sinful woman who washes Jesus' feet with her tears and then pours expensive perfume on his feet as an act of love. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And then he says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And in the next chapter, chapter 8, there's a familiar story of the woman who has been bleeding for 12 years and she's, she's spent all that she has on doctors and, and trying to take care of this problem and still hasn't been taken care of. And so as Jesus is going by, she reaches out and just touches the hem of the robe that he's wearing, faithfully believing that that touch will heal her. And in fact, she's right. She immediately is healed. And then Jesus says this to her. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Interesting. When when people are touched by Jesus, they're then able to go in peace. When people are touched by Jesus, they, we, are then able to go in peace. Now, notice here that Jesus doesn't say to these people that there will no longer be challenges when I'm in your life, that there still won't be obstacles. Jesus doesn't make those promises. Jesus doesn't say, um, let me into your life, and then there's smooth sailing (laughs) from here on in. Actually, at times, it gets rather complicated when Jesus comes into our life in some ways because we have to live life a bit different. You see, when we're led by the master, the savior, instead of the world, things change. 
We find an example of this in Luke chapter 12, verses 51 through 53. We read, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So what he's saying here is having a relationship with him will often result in division between us and those around us, even family, (laughs) at times especially family. And that's because when we're in relationship with Jesus, he's number one in our lives. And that can be very challenging and troublesome to others that we have relationship with, especially if they don't understand, if that doesn't make sense to them, if they expect to be number one in our lives and can cause great division. And yet, Jesus tells those whom he heals, either physically or emotionally or spiritually, to go in peace. And that's because the peace that Jesus talks about has little to do with our circumstances, little to do with what's happening in our moment, in the day-to-day life. What it has everything to do with is the state of our being. It has to do with, with where we are centered, who we are centered on. It has to do with our souls and where our souls are centered. It has to do with being at peace in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of chaos, and even in the midst of some unrest, even with family and friends. And boy, that is really tough. I've experienced that. And that's because the peace that that we receive from Christ is a peace that we cannot get anywhere else. We can't get through money. We can't get through jobs. We can't get through a title. We can't get through another person. But it's only found through Christ. And it's that peace knowing that even in the midst of of everything that could be completely upside down and very difficult that God is in control and that no matter what, God will walk with us through whatever it is that we're facing, the big stuff, the little stuff, and everything in between. We're reminded here of a a wonderful true life adventure story from the Old Testament. We find it in the book of Daniel. Now, what has happened is uh, Babylon has taken over Israel. And and rather than moving in and occupying Jerusalem, they they do that. But even better than that, what they do is they take the best and the brightest from Israel and take them back to Babylon and enculturate them. They put them in uh, positions. They they train them up, the, the best and the brightest, train them up in positions of power in the government and stuff. They try to make them a part of their culture there. And, and, and that's what they did with Daniel and, and three other characters. Maybe you've heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego, and they, they have very important positions, and they're training them up and everything, but there's a challenge. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has constructed a, a, a gold um, idol, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. That's a lot of gold. And, and he expects all in the country to bow down and worship this uh, gold image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will not. They refuse to do that. Um, they say, you know, we're not going to bow down to any god other than the god of Israel. And and and, and King Nebuchadnezzar says, uh, well, uh, all well and good, but if you do not, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Some of you know that story. And 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 let's see, when we do that, I don't think your god will rescue you then. And I love their response to the king when King Nebuchadnezzar says that. What they say, they say, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. If we're thrown in the furnace, O God, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand. But even if he doesn't, We will not serve your little G-God, but we will serve our God, the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos. Now, that is peace. Those guys experienced perfect peace. And that's what the Apostle Paul also shares in his letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. This is Philippians 4, verse 7. Some of you might know this verse. Let's say it together. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Transcends all understanding because it doesn't make sense if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The kind of peace that doesn't make logical, in my mind, sense. It doesn't. It goes beyond our understanding. You know, it's kind of funny. The, the night when Jesus was, was born is, is really often portrayed as quiet and peaceful, especially in the Christmas carols and the Christmas songs. You know, silent night. I won't sing it. Silent night. I'd hate for us to cut out of here 10 minutes early. Um, silent night, holy night, all is, all is. Just, you know, when we light the candles, we just get this quiet moment, don't we? Yeah. And then, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. You hear everything so peace. The cattle are, I usually say glowing, but I think it's lowing. <laughs> it's, it's lowing. The cattle are, I guess that's the sound they make. They Maybe it should be mooing. But anyway, they're lowing. The cattle are lowing. The baby awakes. Now think about your babies. Is this, 
But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, you know. <laughs> we, 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 we have this stillness, but the truth is, I'm not sure how still Bethlehem was that night. I mean, the reason they couldn't find a spot in the end is because everybody's coming in just like Joseph and Mary to register for the census. This place is a madhouse. I'm not sure it's the quiet, peaceful little burg that they want us to believe when we sing the Christmas carols. Yeah, we really do clean up that whole scene, don't we? And make it nice and neat and tie it up with a bow. But think about the shepherds out there that night. They're in the field, and they're probably chit-chatting. And then the glory of the Lord comes. Now, do you think they went like that? Like, they're probably scared. They, we hear that they're terrified. They're probably, whoa! I mean, there's probably a lot of noise. What's that terrified sound again? <laughs> That's good. Okay, so let's talk about the stable, the night that Mary gave birth. I've seen quite a few births in my life. They're not quiet. <laughs> I've seen them too, and you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do like to clean it up. We like it to be nice and neat and quiet. Oh, quiet. But that is probably very contrary to what the real scene was like that Christmas morning. Yeah, it may not have been quite as peaceful as the songs would lead us to believe, and yet. That Christmas morning did bring peace. Because the one who was born that day in the city of David brings peace wherever he goes, whoever he meets, to whoever he touches. You know, when we were preparing this message for this morning, I was thinking, okay, what are some examples that we could share? And I I really racked my brain. And part of it's because they, the peace was brought, and so I have to really think about what, what the challenge was. But I... I I thought of two in our, uh, for me anyway, that were um, where Christ has brought real peace. When um, back in um, 1988, uh, my mother was real sick, had a stroke, and, and my father's beside himself. She was in the hospital, and I know he wasn't sure if she was going to die or if he was going to care for her, but it was really at, at odds. It was really troubled, and, and we were building a house at the time. We offered to put a, a wing on the house for them to move into, and and the, and. And I offered that to, we offered that to my dad, but didn't expect him to take because he's always been fiercely independent from the time he was 16. And, and yet he said, yeah, and he like jumped on it. And so great, you know, they sold their house up in Newark and we built this wing in Seaford. And, and then um, we were going to move in July 1st and June 1st, my father dropped out of a heart attack. Exactly a month. My, my mother wasn't really able at that point to take care of herself. She had, I mean, she wasn't inca- totally incapacitated, but she needed help. And so she thanked the Lord. He had this whole thing arranged because it was all set up. And July 1st, we did move in, and she had a, a place, and we cared for her. And, and, and you know, um, there was a peace about it. Actually, you know, we knew that the Lord had set it up in, in advance. He he knew that she was going to need a place and was going to need us to care for her. And we looked back and said, wow, 
And even though it was challenging, even though there were some days we go, oh my gosh, I don't know if we can continue to handle it, the Lord brought peace to us. And not long after that, well, Carrie entered seminary, and uh, three years later I entered seminary, and it was really a crazy time. We have four kids. She was at one church, I was at three. I mean, I've, some of you have heard this story, but uh, we'd be at seminary opposite ends of the week, so one of us would be home with the kids. But there were a couple of times when I was there where I have the faith gift and everything, but I'm thinking, Lord, I'm, I, I, I got this got it. I'm, I'm done. I, I got to quit this. This is not working. It was just, and yet I'd pray, and the Lord would bring peace to the situation. And um, in, in a case where, you know, our income had gone from this to this, and it was crazy. I know okay, sometimes probably fairly chaotic, and we're all over the place, and this is a five-year stint where both of us involved in this. The Lord brought peace to that situation. Both graduated, no debt. Kids came out relatively unscathed. You'd have to <laughs> have to actually. I think the, our children them. have a very deep abiding faith. All four of them, and part of that's because they got to see the Lord in action. I know one of my times when the peace of Christ was the only thing that could carry me through, was also in 1988, the big year that year with Alan's mom. And uh, my brother was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 29. And we're a really close family. I'm the oldest of five. He's number three. And I can just remember crying out to the Lord like... I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, he's just entering the prime of his life and he's got so much going for him and it's such a terrible disease. And I was still a nurse at the time caring for people with this. And it's, it's like, oh God, anything but that. Anything but that. And I can remember crying out to the Lord and I was in the church choir at the time. And we were singing a song called, straight out of Scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I can remember singing that song with tears coming out of my eyes and saying, Okay, Lord, this is in your control. I'm going to trust you no matter what. No matter what. There were a lot of years in there where my brother had trouble walking and even swallowing, and it looked like the disease was going to progress. And then God wiped that away. We didn't know for a long time. But I see right now that there's this window where we've been able to have him and he's been able to raise his kids. And I just think that it's the Lord at work. He gets all the credit, all the glory but it was a time when I didn't feel peace and when I cried out to him and that scripture, John three sixteen, flooded my soul and it can flood yours too when you cry out to him. Has Jesus brought you peace? Has he brought you peace? Have you allowed, here's the thing, have you allowed Jesus to touch you? Have you allowed Jesus to get close enough to you so that you can 
experience peace that passes all understanding. See, it's a gift. It's a gift that we all we can do is receive it. All we can do is say, hey, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And it is a peace that can carry us through times that we think we could never get through. Things don't automatically get better, but we know that there is a God who is bigger than everything that will walk with us through everything. There is no place where we are that God is not. There is nothing that we've experienced that God hasn't. And there is no situation that God is not in. Will you unwrap the gift of peace this Christmas? There's some words that Jesus shared with his disciples at the time when time was getting really short. Jesus was about to leave this earth and go to heaven to be with his father. And these are the words that we'd like to leave with you today as you unwrap the gift of peace. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have come to, I have overcome the world. Say that last line with me. I have overcome the world. Is that good news or what? That is good news for you and for me, that he has come and overcome death, the sting of death, and sin, that we are redeemed and we are forgiven and we can receive the gift of peace. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you. Help us live our lives as a thank you note to you for all that you have given us so, so generously. God, there are things that we just want to understand, and why does this happen, or how can that be? But help us trust and allow you to lead, and we ask for this gift of peace, especially during turn times of turmoil and chaos, a peace that's not determined by our circumstances, but by you filling up that God-shaped void in our soul, in our heart. We thank you for your son, Jesus, word made flesh, for piercing the darkness and bringing light, which is life. To all of us, we thank you and praise you this day and every day. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message from Connection Community Church. If you would like more information about what you just heard, or if you seek a relationship with Jesus, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. You can also find out more about our ministries and upcoming events on our website at www. Dot connectioncc.org. Thank you again for listening, 
and may this be the greatest week of your life.